0: And welcome to the Bread, Wine, and Everything Fine podcast, where I'll be talking about all things food, the finer things, and things that are fine just the way they are. I'm your host, Sanja Toth, a bread and wine-loving photographer, wife, and mother who loves gathering people in my home to eat good food and have a good conversation. I learn so much from the people I get to talk to, and I'm very excited to start sharing some of those conversations here on this podcast. After almost a year of going back and forth, trying to find a time to connect, I am so excited that on this episode, I finally have the opportunity to sit down with Jill Hoff, the most recent and first female Canadian national barista champion. And obviously the topic of our conversation today is coffee. We talked about what is involved in preparing for a competition, which is much more extensive than I ever thought. Her go-to coffee drinks, advice for brewing coffee at home, and how the Monogram coffee team is working to adapt to social distancing restrictions right now. If you are not already enjoying some kind of coffee beverage, I highly recommend making one or I can guarantee you will be craving one in a few short minutes. Here's my chat with Jill. Well, hello and welcome to not my living room,
1: (laughs) uh, unfortunately,
0: Jill. (laughs) We've been trying to make this happen for probably a year. I think since I started brainstorming this podcast and I'm so excited that you're here and we're having a conversation, even if it's over the internet, which is pretty sweet. I think it's really special that we get to talk today because it's just after you won. Is it that it was the national barista championship? Yeah. So you are like the Canada's national barista champion. That's right. Yeah. Well, congratulations. That is so, so cool. And I think it's super fitting um, because the first time I think I met you actually was at a summer dinner party uh, that Heather and Megan hosted like a few years ago, maybe like three years ago. And Mm -hmm. you were just, we had a conversation about coffee and you were telling me a little bit about kind of how you fell in love with coffee. Like I've never stopped thinking about that conversation. And then as I started this podcast, I was like, I have to talk to Jill. So I'm really glad that even though it's season two, you are here and I am so grateful. So I yeah. have a few questions uh, for you, but just kind of to start off for our listeners. Um, so in when we got chatting at that dinner party, what I remember most is you just talking about how like this tiny... Bean could like have so much potential and I would love to just even hear more about kind of how your love of coffee began can
1: you tell me about that sure it sort of happened I guess I mean you are always in the cafes you love having coffee with friends and you enjoy good coffee yourself and um, I think that's sort of how it started for me I was A stay at home mom for a lot of years, and I really enjoyed good coffee and kind of the cafe culture and the community surrounding that. And I was friends with Ben Putt, who is one of the owners of Monogram. And I knew that they were starting their own company, and I sort of thought that it was a really good time for me to kind of jump into something totally different from what I used to do, something really casual, something that I could like connect with people and drink good coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just kind of started out, I think the same as pretty much, I think everyone who starts in coffee just kind of starts because they love drinking really good coffee and they love the community behind it. Yeah. And from there, once you get into specialty coffee, I think it's really, I think it's really special. And it's something that you don't really know from the outside, but the coffee community is so amazing. And I think that once you are in specialty coffee, and you sort of meet all of the people who are also involved with coffee, um, and you start to get to really get to know how amazing coffee really is, it's sort of one of those things that's hard to forget. Yeah. So yeah, so I sort of fell into my role as I am now and what I do now accidentally just by simply loving like a really good cup of coffee and people. Did you at the time like make specialty coffee at all or was it
0: more just like an appreciation and then you learned it as you got involved with Monogram?
1: Like had you ever worked at a coffee shop prior? Oh yeah ages ago I worked at Starbucks which I guess is technically specialty coffee. Most people I would say out at like a Starbucks or a second cup or one of the owners actually one of the owners used to work at Good Earth another one worked at second cup I think a lot of people come from that is a really good like entry-level spot for people yeah when they're in college or in high school but yeah I worked at Starbucks forever ago and aside from that no like I have a Chemex or I have a lot of coffee equipment now but I had a Chemex at the time where I would just make myself overs, but because I was a stay-at-home mom I I mostly just went to the cafe and got other people to make it for me.
0: Right, of course. Of course. And I think um as a mom myself now I have a greater appreciation for the power of caffeine. Um yeah. and so I think at home sometimes I definitely like use and abuse it a little bit like I I just, you know, will make like a strong cup of coffee, but to have somebody make it with like care and time, and then it's so delicious. It's so much better than I could ever Mm -hmm. make at home. So it is totally a treat, Mm -hmm. like a celebration of like, well, it's just for you. It's something you can enjoy. Yeah. No, I love that. And then I think too, like, so Monogram has expanded and you have been a part of the team
1: like since it started. Yeah. And how long ago is that? Five years? Um, yeah, it is. It was five years in November that they opened their little pop up in Dade. <gasps> I forgot about that. Yeah,
0: I remember having yeah. a nut milk latte there and being like, oh, this yeah. is really good. Yeah.
1: yeah. So it's been, I guess, five and a half since they started.
0: Wild. Oh, that's so cool. I just think that it's. I mean, it's something to celebrate when small businesses grow and can expand. And so, okay, so you started working for them and you said it kind of like your appreciation, not only just for the community, but also coffee itself grew. And honestly, I have been an avid follower of you and monogram since the beginnings and it's been really cool to see how your face has been popping up more often and you're offering all of these like educational like sessions or even now like doing Instagram lives because you can't do it in person um what kind of like did you always see yourself becoming an educator or even like competing did you ever imagine that would be part of your future
1: um the education part is a little bit more in line with what. I could see myself doing before I was in coffee. I used to teach voice lessons actually. Okay. So I, yeah, so I've kind of been in that role for many, many years. So that, that is not something that's out of the norm for me. Okay. So that would
0: be more like your comfort and competing because you've done quite a few competitions.
1: Yeah. So Competition, before I started at Monogram, like I said, I was friends with Ben, so I knew what competition was. I never really realized, like, to the scope of, like, what exactly competition was and how important it is for the industry. Right. Um, I just kind of thought it was this nerdy coffee competition <laughs> I never really quite understood. Um, but as soon as I started working there, um, there was a competition, like, probably six months after I started and the boys asked me if I wanted to compete and told me that they thought I could and that they think I should. So I just kind of started. So that this year is my fifth year with Monogram. And so my fifth cycle of competition as well. So there are regional competitions, which happen. um, There are two of them. So one typically is held like in Western Canada and one would be held in Eastern Canada And then the top, like, eight from the West and the East come together for the national competition. Right. So with each year, with exception of one year, there was not a regional. So I guess I've done, like, nine different, had to prep for nine different competitions. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah which is crazy now that I'm saying that out loud.
0: Okay. So for, for someone, so I have personally like watched, um, competitions on like, like Instagram live or whatever. So I kind of have like a little bit more of an idea maybe than just like an average listener as to what that involves. But for you, when you're going into a competition or say you have a competition coming up, what are the kinds of things that you're like preparing or learning and how, in case you've done nine, are they different? They're different coffees every time?
1: Um, they can be, it just kind of depends on what, yeah, there's lots of different factors that would play into it. Um, so what I would prepare for, is that kind of what you're asking or like?
0: Okay. So two, two questions. I'll, I'll split this up. This will be easier. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so for in your process, when you're creating your drink for the competition, what does that process look like? And then what does it actually look like at
1: the competition itself? Sure. So there are three courses that you need to serve at the barista competition. So there is an espresso course, where it's just you're serving just straight espresso. There is a milk course, where you're serving espresso and milk together. And then there is a signature drink course, which is espresso based. And then you can add whatever ingredients you want to make a signature drink as long as it doesn't have any controlled substances in it. So, right. Of course, no drugs or alcohol, but basically <laughs> no drugs, <laughs> whatever you, whatever you can dream up, um, you can, you can basically do, if you can execute it on stage, then, then you can make it. So there are a lot of rules with the brisa competition. So a lot of, um, your creative process, you sort of have to think of like the guidelines and the rules of the competition, And then the other thing that you want to think about is with every barista set is a theme. So every barista who is presenting drinks is also at the same time presenting a theme. And it could be anything. It could be um, very like scientific or innovative or could be really like based on the farm, like what happens on the farm or the producer who makes the coffee. It could be like personal, could be really anything that you can think of you can it's kind of like your platform to talk about something. Um
0: that reminds me I think when we um, were chatting about this a few years ago you had just done or were doing a competition and you were talking about how and correct me if i'm wrong it was something about how each bean Something about the potential of each bean and how it's like. I just remember listening to you and being like, this is so much more sophisticated
1: than I've ever <laughs> thought it was.
0: Like that's such huge possibilities to create with. That's actually really challenging.
1: It is, yeah, it is really challenging. And and it's really it's really fun because you have this opportunity to kind of talk about whatever is on your heart, whatever's on your mind, sort of like whatever issues. A lot of people will use it as a platform to talk about like Um, different kind of hot topics in coffee or around the world um, or to present like a brand new idea that they discovered in coffee or so it's really like a neat platform for baristas to be able to talk about whatever they want to talk about in that 15 minutes but then the most important part is how the coffee tastes but you have to make the two connect so with each course right you have to why you chose that coffee and why does it connect with your theme. So when you're creating, your signature drink is sort of the one that people are most interested in because they're all like really unique and different. And that's kind of where you get to be the most creative. Whatever ingredients you use in that signature drink have to be tied not only to your theme, but also to that coffee. So everything has to be, everything has to make sense and everything has to like intertwine, I guess. Be cohesive. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually like, it's
0: so impressive. And I have a lot more of an appreciation for it because I think sometimes when people think of coffee, it's like, oh, latte art. Like who's the best at latte art, which is so fun. Yeah. But that like is just not even scratching the surface of the creativity and like the depth of your knowledge about coffee, which is so cool. And I, now I just want to taste all of your signature drinks you've (laughs) ever made.
1: (laughs) I want to be a judge so I can taste too. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Could you ever? Like, would that be a possibility ever? Yep. Yeah, yeah, totally. I I think when I'm done competing, I would love to vol- volunteer. I love, I actually run the volunteer side of all of the competitions. So I organize the volunteers and get some schedules and give them their roles. And, stuff. And, and I'm really an advocate for um, competition and just sort of all the good that comes out of it, no matter what role you play, whether you're competing or judging or volunteering. So I've also judged some different coffee competition before and you learn a lot and it's really cool to taste other people's coffees. And yeah, so I would love to do a barista competition for sure. I
0: think it's really, um, it's actually very inspiring that there's like a community of people and really an industry as a whole that are, kind of pushing the envelope and constantly moving to like learn more and develop more. And there's just like not complacency in the industry, which I think like as a consumer is uh, very rewarding because it's Mm -hmm. like we, you know, I get to, I get to witness all of these things that you guys are doing and creating and it's not like you're just okay with the same you know, like the same five drinks and you're going to do it the same five ways forever mm-hmm. and ever. Like there's there's always something. And I think that's exactly what you were talking about, that this little bean has so much potential and that like <laughs> from where it is – farmed or yeah, where it's sourced, how it's roasted. There are so many variables. And I think that that's like, that's so exciting. I love the creative process, like no matter what it is. And I I personally am not very good at making coffee. I have my like pour over. I've got it down. It's good. That's it. That's the end. Um, but to me, I love it when I see other people making progress and like discovering and, and creating. And so this is why you've been so fascinating to me. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm loving this. So out of competition then. So you said it all has to tie together. There are those guidelines and you can just create, especially for that specialty beverage for yourself. But like, is it do you do all three in a row? Or is it like everyone just does the first course and then the second and then the third, or they're all together?
1: They're all together. So you have 15 minutes with your judges, and you have um, within that 15 minutes, you have to present your theme, serve all your courses, and call time within 15 minutes. So you have essentially four, well, you have four sensory judges, and they're the ones who actually taste your drink. And so each sensory judge will get uh, one beverage of each course. So you're making 12 drinks in 15 minutes. That sounds so uh, stressful. No, it is stressful. It's it is very stressful. You have to practice a lot. It's very stressful. <laughs> like, are there
0: like coffee schools you can go to to like <laughs> learn how to do a competition presentation?
1: Because like, like where do you learn? Thankfully, I have Ben, who actually, Jeremy and Ben, both two of the three owners, are previous barista champions. And right um, so Ben has been definitely instrumental in helping me through this whole process. He's very smart and very talented and has been doing this for a really long time so he is sort of my go-to for what to do. but aside from that, there's also a ton of YouTube and <laughs> all those kinds <laughs> of things with like, past barista competitions and champions so you can watch a lot of presentations online which is really good because eventually like if you're everybody has different goals for competing but if you end up winning a competition that means that you represent your nation at the world barista competition and so you'll be competing against all of the different nations that are represented there. So you sort of want to, like, keep tabs on, like, what other people are doing. Of course. Yeah, so you watch different countries as their uh, national barista competitions happen and sort of see, like, who's going to be there, who's doing what, like, what what are other countries interested in presenting and doing? And so... This is like
0: the coffee industry's game tapes, (laughs)
1: like, where you go and you rewind
0: (laughs) and you, like, look at their, like their
1: strategies and their plays like that's amazing yeah it's very like it's very involved and it it definitely takes a lot more time and energy than I actually ever expected it would and I think most people who watch competition or have heard of competition probably don't really under understand how much time and energy actually has to go into yeah your set yeah
0: Yeah. Well, now we know anyone who listens will know and we will be so impressed with you even more. Um, okay. So currently, currently we are all at home because of COVID-19 and I think it's been really cool to see like how small businesses have stepped up and have been adapting, um, to this like very quickly changing climate. Um, and I think even just seeing like, coffee shops, well, a lot of restaurants are delivering and a lot of cafes are delivering and I think it's been it's been very cool and I'm very excited for the business ideas and the innovations that are going to come out of this time. Um, but for someone who's just at home and is maybe more used to going out and buying coffee and not making it at home, um, what would be your advice for them in terms of like a starting point for either like a homebrew setup or just kind of like where to start to not have terrible coffee?
1: Hmm. Um, yeah, I actually, I actually think that it's kind of exciting for, we've had a lot of feedback from our customers who are regulars and drink coffee made by us once a day, twice a day, three times a day, because now they're stuck at home and they have to make coffee for themselves. But I think it's really exciting actually, because making coffee at home is one of my favorite things to do. So I, I think it's I think it's actually a neat time where people will get the opportunity to do it for themselves and to figure out how to make coffee at home and sort of appreciate the art of coffee a little bit more. And I really love making coffee at home. So I'm excited for our regulars and our customers to get the opportunity to do that for themselves.
0: I think it's like people, you're exactly right. People are going to actually like appreciate, just like I think everyone's going to appreciate stay at home moms and teachers, like a ton (laughs) more. (laughs) But I think any service that is convenient to pay for, you know, like you know, coffee very well. Like, I can't just replicate, like, even a latte at home.
1: Mm-hmm. I also don't
0: have the I don't have the equipment. Mm-hmm. But like my my home coffee would is probably very different from your home coffee. So where do you I start don't. like cuz for me for for me in the morning it's kind of a ritual. I love it. It's yep. like It's – Lewis has joined me now because he just wants to be a part of it and he loves it when I turn on the grinder and, you know, he like scoops coffee beans from his jar into another jar and that's his involvement. Um, Yeah. But it is our ritual and I love it beyond just the fact that it's caffeine. It's just something that – it is a part of the beginning of my day. Yeah. Um, but for you, like, what what kind of method? I mean, for me, I have a Chemex, and we mm-hmm. have an Aeropress that we take when we travel. Yeah. Usually, it's the Chemex because it's just simple. It's on my counter. What would you recommend for somebody who's just like has no has never made a cup of coffee at home apart from like in a in a coffee pot? Um where would they where could they start apart from buying monogram beans?
1: Yes, of course. Um <laughs> of course. Actually, the AeroPress is really easy. Okay. The AeroPress is a good one because it is very fast. You can have really good coffee in like 5 minutes or less. Um mm-hmm. there's a ton of different like AeroPress is very popular across the world and there are tons of recipes online. Um yeah, there's infinite amount of recipes that you can use for AeroPress. We have one that Monogram uses in the cafes that's super, super easy. Um, and we're actually going to be publishing that recipe online for people pretty quickly here. But Exciting. AeroPress, cool. Yeah. AeroPress is very easy. Um, I would recommend that. Also, um, French press is really handy as well. Um, right. If you're just starting to make coffee at home... There's a ton of different manual like pour overs. So you have a Chemex. Chemex is actually one of the more difficult ones. So good job. <laughs> thank um, you. Thank you. <laughs> I would say that's an advanced um, manual brew method. But there there are many different kinds. There's one called a co- so we're putting out some recipes. Uh, one for Aeropress. One for French French press. Sorry, one for a pour over called a Kalita, which is a really good entry level pour over. I would say. Um, it is a little bit more foolproof than ones that are shaped like a cone. So the V60 or a Chemex.
0: And these will be on the monogram website or kind of, so say a listener, even if this was like months down the line, they could listen and find these, like just maybe find the Instagram and go from there.
1: Yeah. So I think that we're going to be posting them on Instagram. I'm not sure how she's doing it. If she's doing like an Instagram live or if she's making videos and posting them in our highlights. Right. But they'll be there for sure as resources cool. for people. But that's yeah, awesome. I would say start with like an Aeropress is great, Kalita is great. Um, those would probably be my first two if you're going to start. somewhere. Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's. I think that's great. I think anyone that we have kind of. Again, I speak as though like I. <laughs> this sounds like I think I'm an expert, but just when it comes to <laughs> coffee, I think we. I think in the same way that like one might begin to appreciate different grapes of like wine and wine, um, I think you kind of start to learn what you love and what you don't love um, and develop taste. And so I think for us, we've kind of, you know, found something that works for us. So sometimes we'll recommend that to people if, if they're just starting out, but usually mm-hmm. we'll get them an AeroPress. That's kind of like the yeah. that here's, here's our gift to you. Begin. Have fun. Um, And actually on that note, what is, what is your favorite? Well, I guess maybe this is very broad. What is kind of like (laughs) the type of bean that you like best? Or is there like a region or is there like a roasting technique? Like, I don't know all of the terminology to even know what to ask, but do you have a favorite? Um,
1: That's hard because there's so, like you said about wine, how they're are so many different like grape varietals. Um, there are so many different types of coffee varieties and different flavors. It's hard to pick a favorite. I would say I really like coffee from Columbia sort of for like a um, many different reasons. Um, I really like, it's super approachable. Um, I would say that most people would enjoy coffee from Columbia. I really like clean profiles, um, something that's easy to drink. Um mm-hmm. yeah, Columbia or yeah, I'm gonna go with Columbia. I think most people okay. who would who know me would say coffee from Colombia, but I would say probably right after that would be at Ethiopian coffees. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. I know my
0: my sister in law. Um, I actually just recently sent her some monogram beans from Ethiopia because she's always that's that's her favorite yeah. every time.
1: They're most people's
0: favorite. <laughs> Interesting. And why do you think that is? Like, it's just
1: accessible or? Um, Ethiopian coffees have a very distinct flavor profile and people love them. They're floral and fruity and um, they're just, yeah, they're delicious. They have lots of Hmm. like tea flavors and people, most people's favorites, I would say, are from Ethiopia.
0: Very interesting. I don't even know specifically like a region. I just know that Mitchell and I both, and maybe it's just because I introduced him to the coffee that I like and previously he didn't like coffee. So he's kind of just like taken on everything that I do because I introduced it. I'm not sure, but we generally speaking, um, I love like, and maybe this doesn't even make sense when talking about like a coffee bean or a profile, but I love like Rich, I like kind of nutty, uh, mm-hmm. maybe sometimes chocolatey, um, less of like the citrusy, mm-hmm. um, and just kind of like more of like I don't
1: know, like full. I don't know if that makes it so any you sense. would, yeah, you would probably like coffees from like Colombia or Guatemala or Costa Rica,
0: yeah. Usually, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, it's usually Guatemala, that's usually mm-hmm. what we have, yeah, okay, huh. yeah interesting yeah I definitely do and I, my dad actually grew up in um Mali in West Africa and so his coffee always was very strong very bitter so kind of mm-hmm. my first introduction to coffee yeah. like growing up that was it and I'm not a big fan of the bitter or the yeah. particularly strong but I think it maybe just like even comes from that like nostalgia of like yeah full-bodied totally. yeah rich yeah Anyways, I think that's so interesting and I love learning about that even when it comes to wine and and tastes are so um, personal. And so that's why I was curious. Okay, uh, I have two more things I want to talk to you about. One, your future in coffee. So you kind of (laughs) talked about it a little bit, like maybe when you stop competing. So you've achieved National Canadian Barista Champion. You're competing at
1: Worlds. Is that what it is? Worlds. Okay. And where is that? That is in Melbourne, Australia, which is super exciting. Oh, my exciting. goodness. Yes. Wow. And yeah, when is never it? It's, um, it actually was supposed to be in May, but thankfully it is still happening, but in November. Oh, amazing. Okay. Yeah. I know everything's
0: kind of getting postponed and that's amazing that it's still happening. That's yeah. very exciting. So obviously we hope you win and you kill it. <laughs> <laughs> but what mm-hmm. kind of are like beyond competition, what are kind of your goals in like your future in coffee? Like what's kind of, what's next after you've what's won next? a national barista championship?
1: Um, that is also sort of a hard question to answer because I actually feel like my job is so perfect for me right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would just love to keep doing the sort of things that I'm doing right now so currently I'm in charge of all of the cafe coffee like coffee programs so I get to curate the different coffees that we serve on all of our different brew methods whether it's espresso or pour overs or our batch brews wow yeah so I really love that I really love doing that um so that's probably that's right up my alley I do I've just been training another person to help me with training, but up until like a couple months ago, I trained all the staff. And Oh my
0: goodness. So I think even my idea of everything that you do is like yeah. in my head, you make coffee, but you do so much more than make coffee.
1: Yeah. So I don't really work on the floor serving customers much anymore. Um, I really love to do that and I do once in a while and anytime I'm in the cafe if there's ever a big lineup or if they need some help I'll jump on and it's a lot of fun because it's not something that I get to do every day now right but yeah so I and I do a lot of quality control so I do brew coffee and taste it and dial it in for the cafes and I am making coffee but not on like a one-on-one kind of customer right
0: level. Yeah. Well, how amazing. I think that's really cool that you found something that fits and that you love because I think a lot of people search for that,
1: um, Mm -hmm.
0: for a long time. And so I think that's amazing. And even just to have goals, I personally like to have, um, like be able to make small progress and like always be improving. And I, and I think even when it comes to kind of what you're talking about competitions and that creative process, like there is no limit really to Mm -hmm. what you can create and learn and so I think that's really really cool and that excites me that it's possible (laughs) to find something that you love like that so at the end of all of my episodes I ask um, I have two questions Um, usually they have to do with food or wine but in this case we are talking about coffee so what is your go-to coffee order when someone else is making it and what Mm. is your go-to when you are making it?
1: Oh no. Okay. That's a, <laughs> I would say they're the same. Okay. I, yeah. I love filter coffee, so I don't order espresso based drinks very often. Um, okay. I would order an espresso from a barista if there is a very cool coffee that they would recommend I try. Okay. So that, but generally yeah. speaking, no espresso. Generally speaking, I would order a filter coffee.
0: Yeah. Okay. Interesting. And same thing if you're making it at home.
1: Yes, I yes. also love making filtered coffee at home. Every it's also a ritual for me every morning.
0: And why filtered coffee over espresso?
1: Um, that is also a good question. I think I just espresso can be very delicious. Espresso is very hard to make well, and it's really intense. Unless it's like a truly special coffee, I would not order it just to drink straight. Great. I think filter coffee is just sort of how I fell in love with coffee and what I kind of started drinking and it's yeah kind of my it's just kind of my go to. Yeah. No, I
0: like that a lot. I love hearing like why people choose certain things because I think yeah. sometimes even in the coffee industry, maybe not in the In the industry, but as a consumer, I think it's easy to get caught up in the like, this is what's cool. And this is what's trendy. And this is what, you know, everyone's posting on Instagram. So I need to have that thing. Whereas I feel like say there's a new milk. Or there's a new whatever, but that's usually a latte, and it's usually espresso based. So, um, yeah,
1: don't get me wrong. I love those kinds of drinks too. And if and if you ask anyone, I drink them <laughs> at <yes. laughs> work. But but I prefer filter coffee. But there definitely is. I love those coffees that are treats too. Like lattes are great, cappuccinos are great. Um, I would say that's probably my next most ordered drink would be a cappuccino.
0: It's making me want coffee. It's just too late for me to have coffee right oh, now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I thought about it. I was like, it would be appropriate for me to have a coffee. Um, but no, I mornings come early with a kiddo. I so appreciate you making the time to do this. I just want to come to Monogram and sit there and drink coffee all day. And I can't wait for this virus t- situation to be over.
1: You are welcome.
0: But even just like the, I love that you guys are doing like live videos and I think people actually have time to learn. I think it's gonna be really cool. Like you were saying to see some of those regulars picking up and developing their own habits and probably learning Mm -hmm. a lot more about even their own tastes because it's not like they're picking something off of a menu so much as like they're learning how their process affects the flavor. And Mm -hmm. like, I remember Mitchell and I learning that, you know, the grind made a difference and actually being like, oh yeah, that definitely does. And kind of refining our process with the Chemex. And now it's kind of like, we've got a foolproof cup of coffee that tastes pretty much the same every single morning. And yeah, it's, it's ours. Like It's kind of cool. So I'm excited to see, but I'm sure they'll all be so grateful when this is over and they can have you make their (laughs) coffee again. Yeah, I think We're all going to save so much money. It's true, actually. But hey, we have to buy the beans, so yes we're still we're still spending it no I so appreciate it and I wish you all the best in November future competitions and by the sounds of it I'm guessing probably the the flavor profile classes that you're hosting might end up being postponed
1: um all of our classes like in the cafes are just postponed until after we're open again um but we have a lot of really fun things that are coming to Instagram over the next couple months. So there's still a lot of opportunities for people to learn and to, our faces and it's not it won't just be me I think Ben's doing some classes as well and Ben and I will be on Instagram live every Tuesday morning so very cool you'll see us and we'll be available
0: oh I'm excited about that I will be tuning in as much as Lewis allows thank you so much Jill this has been so fun for me and I wish you all the best thank you After all of that, we barely scratched the surface of coffee. But if you're interested in learning more about the brewing methods Jill talked about or want to learn more about coffee in general, check out Monogram on Instagram where they are sharing lots of information. And if you're enjoying these episodes, I would love it if you would leave a review below or click the subscribe button and you will never miss an episode.